Well, hey, I'm David McGlennon, and I'm the host of In the Growth Space, and it's really great to have you here with me today. Now, I want to just say welcome if you're new to the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate you stopping by and, and spending some time with me. And if you're not subscribed, I'd like to just invite you to go do that on your podcast app so that you don't miss any episodes. While you're there, please give us a rating and, and share a review, maybe you know something that you enjoyed with the podcast or something that you've taken and implemented from these conversations. Um, anything at all would just really help us to be able to share the, the message of, of growth and, and leadership. You know, here on the show, I do talk about growth and I talk uh, a lot with leaders who've gone through their own growth journey or, or, or give us some insights on, on how we can continue to grow as well. And today I get the honor of talking with a, a guy by the name of Randy Kluge, who is a former uh, Apache attack helicopter pilot. And he's now a medevac pilot and also an entrepreneur and has a, a very important nonprofit. And I really think that you're going to get so much from this conversation, not just around um, leadership, but but also growth and resilience. But, but first, before we get into the, the conversation, let me just tell you a little bit more about Randy, because Randy grew up in northern Maine, where, where hunting and fishing and the great outdoors were just a huge part of his childhood. He then attended college at Norwich University, and after he graduated, he joined the, the Army, the U.S. Army, uh, to begin flight school. And, and then Randy went on to become a, a pilot flying the AH-64D Apache Longbow. And he served for 10 years and went on to become an instructor pilot in the Apache and completed multiple deployments in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom and also Operation Enduring Freedom. And he still flies today as a civilian medevac pilot where he, he lives here close to me uh, in Western Pennsylvania. And Randy and his wife, Jackie, also run a small business called Mission Overwatch. We talk about this. And, and what they do in this company is that they teach situational awareness and threat detection to individuals and businesses. And most recently, Randy and Jackie have also began a chapter of a nonprofit for veterans and first responders called Creek and Timber Legacy. And Creek and Timber Legacy takes veterans and first responders on outdoor experiences all over the country, and they combine the relaxing effects of nature with the camaraderie of sharing that experience with other veterans and first responders. I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation today. So let's go ahead and get into that now. Well, hey, Randy, I am so excited to have you here. Uh, welcome to In the Growth Space. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here as well. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know that when we sat down and, and talked, uh, we were part of a uh, uh, a networking group and, and we, we met and, and uh, I heard your story and, and, and man, from, from that, that time, I wanted to have you on because I always enjoy hearing interesting and uh, really great growth stories. And I know that um, you grew up in an area of the U.S. that really, um, I mean, there's a lot of outdoor activities. And I think that from what I'm, uh, I remember, that really set your, uh, the tone for your growth journey. So I guess maybe tell us a little bit about that. Where did you grow up and, and, and give us a little bit of your, your growth story? Yeah, so I grew up in northern Maine. Uh, moved there when I was probably eight or eight or nine years old. My dad retired as a law enforcement officer. We moved up to Maine. Oh, 
and yeah I, I loved it i grew up hunting and fishing so then oh, to you know the core part of my childhood to be up in northern maine where it's you know it's just incredible up there to just to walk out your Beautiful. walk out your door and 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 be out in the woods to go hike and fish and hunt um that was a, a really cool really cool experience a great childhood just hop on the bike and be bombing down some dirt roads and you know just you know the world's your playground at, at that age yeah. so it, it was a lot of fun and that yeah. always being outside hunting and fishing plus like just just playing army you know putting on yeah. some camo and <laughs> I love going out and playing that i think that childhood really set me up for my my career it kind yeah. of launched me towards the military well, and uh, I can I can imagine that you you probably grew up in an era, especially being there in Maine. I, I'm guessing that it's probably one of those childhoods, probably a little bit like mine in the sense that, you know, you you, you started out and went out in the morning, and like you probably didn't see home until you know you knew you better be home for dinner. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. What My a, wife what and I were talking about that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so different now, and your parents had no idea where you were other than where you told them you were going and when you were going to be back. And now I feel bad for our kids, you know, I know the phone, we can track them or we can call them and tell them to come home back then. It was, you know, you went out and came back when you were supposed to. When you're supposed to. Yeah, no, that's that's so great. Gosh, I love that. You know, and, and, and I, I can imagine that being in, you know, in Maine with all of that nature, I'm sure that you learned how to, you know, adapt and, you know, adapt to maybe changing environments, changing weather and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, I, I'm kind of putting words in your mouth, but I mean, it sounds like that's probably something that you learned as well. For sure. And uh, I hope we get into that a little bit later. Um, yeah. It kind of falls in line with, you know, adapting and challenging yourself. And yeah. that helps you grow, um, not just as a, a leader, but as just a person in general. And we all know people that have a hard time overcoming a little bit of stress, you know, one little thing in their day goes wrong and it kind of throws them all off. Yeah. And uh, so being able to adapt and challenge yourself and with that, you know, you, you get more resilient and you're over, able to overcome more challenges and continue yeah. to challenge yourself to grow. Yeah, gosh, I, I'm sure I, I know we'll get into that for sure, because I think that's, um, you know, that's a great um, element of, of, of growth and a great element of, of leadership. And, you know, and, and, and uh, as you said, so you talked though a little bit about, um, you know, your, your childhood and, you know, kind of playing army. Uh, and it was kind of like a foreshadowing then of, of, right. of what was to come. Right, Randy? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I went to college that. and actually was a criminal justice major and was okay. leaning towards the law enforcement thing. Yeah, sure. And, but I had always wanted to joined the military as well. Mm. I remember when I was a young boy, my parents took me to a Blue Angels show. Oh. So that air show, uh, I think it was all at a young age, one. that hooked me. So I, the military thing and uh, being a pilot had yeah. had always, uh, you know, had, had its hooks in. So um, <laughs> sure. during college, then my sophomore year, 9-11 you know, happened. And that really, uh, you know, that really kind of set my future propelled me towards the military after that so yeah. graduated college and put in my packet for a warrant officer flight training program in the army and got accepted and was off and running after that 
Wow, that's amazing. So, you know, you, you started off in flight school and, you know, in, in, the, in the Army. What, what was it about flying, and especially specifically helicopters, because I know that you're a helicopter pilot. What was it about that that really just intrigued you? Um, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, I think just the whole aspect of flight, right? I know you're a pilot yeah. as well, just as a young kid looking up and seeing a plane. And that's, you know, it's just, it's kind of crazy for humans to be flying, right? And then a helicopter, yeah. I think it's so versatile. You can do so many things that really, that really interests me as well as my dad. Um, he was a door gunner in Vietnam on a Huey. So oh, wow. he okay. was into so the helicopters as well. So that, sure. that definitely, yeah. Uh, definitely helped oh my gosh yeah and and at that era too you know uh, you know a huey and an air gunner i mean my gosh you know not talk about you know getting hung out there you right right yeah it's just oh. iconic helicopter yeah no kidding no kidding wow so you know as you went through flight school what were some things that you learned, you know, about, you know, being a helicopter pilot and that really, um, you know, start to started to help you to, to grow probably yes, as a pilot and, 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 and as a, uh, as an officer, but also, um, just really getting maybe even a growth mindset. What, what were some of those things or those points along the way? Yeah. I don't know if that occurred so much in flight school uh-huh. as it did, you know, in flight school, you kind of learn the bare minimum. You get out of flight sure. school and you're, you have a huge ego. You have get a, the real world you know, now. <laughs> a big head. You barely fit through the door, right? But then you walk into your first unit and you realize, man, I I don't know anything, right? I <laughs> I can fly safely fly the aircraft. You know, I, I flew Apache Longbows. So that's the aircraft with all the weapon systems, 30 millimeter gun and rockets and Hellfire. So you have a basic understanding of how to operate the systems, um, employ munitions, but to actually do it in a team um, with on a two-way range with bad guys shooting back at you is like a whole, a whole other story. So you get out of flight school with a general understanding. And then I get to the unit and I had a lot of really good role models. I think that's where my, my growth started. I really started to understand, you know, the army's motto is above the best, Mm. you know, we have our, our personal goals and that helps us get to where we want to, want to go all right i want to be a pilot and that was kind of you know my personal goal but then i realized as an apache pilot like it's not about me i'm doing that mission for the guys on the ground and having some great role models um at my first unit that kind of took me under their wing and you know kind of molded me to the uh, uh you know an officer and a pilot that i wanted to be so yeah, I love it. What when you saw those, um, you know, those role models? What was it about them that really drew you to them? Because I think that so oftentimes we we see people that we we admire and we see people that we want to be like. And I think it's really good to be able to think about like what is it that drew us to them, or what was it that drew us to them? I'm curious if you you know, yeah. maybe consciously or, you know, know, know what those things were. Yeah. Looking back, um, I've always been a person that like, I never settled. I'm always continually setting goals. Yeah. And those mentors were very much had that same mindset where they continually wanted to get better after every flight we would, 
AAR and after after action after review. Action so review, yeah. everything we do, you know, we mm. we review it after. How do we how do we get better? What did we do right? What did we do wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they had that mindset and they were very uh, very focused on the mission mm. uh, about helping the ground guys. And kind of a cool thing about the army that you don't get in a lot of the other services. I think a lot of, a lot of the other services you go to flight school, you're typically right out of college. So you have a lot of college kids, you know, right out of college and into the military, into flight school, whereas the army draws a lot of their pilots from prior enlisted. So you're getting guys that have experience on the ground as infantrymen, rangers, special forces. um, So they know what it's like. Combat engineers. Yeah. So they've they've been on the ground and they know what it's all about Mm. because they've looked up to the those aircraft in the sky and. Mm that were helping them out. And so they yeah. really understood the mission. Yeah. Well, and I know that <clears throat> you and I had this conversation, but I can tell you, um, I know from talking to my son, who is a Marine, he was so appreciative of those Apaches that came over and helped the, him and yeah. his team out because, uh, yeah, there are so many times when I know that they needed you guys. And, and, uh, I love that symbiotic relationship, you know, between, you know, the army, the Marines, and really just all of the, the, the branches of the military to be able to work together. And I think that <clears throat> to me, that's one of the aspects I think that we don't think about in terms of both leadership and, and also even our military is how we all, you know, coordinate and, and, and work together. And I think that that's really uh, an important, uh, important thing. It is. And that's where, you know, talking leadership, we always talk about how important communication is. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a bunch of inter-service working together, uh, sometimes we don't always have the same, we don't speak the same language. Same language, Um, yeah. Different pro words might mean different things, or we don't even know what that word meant. Like sometimes (laughs) we just, hey man, plain English, like break it down. Yeah. So so I know what you want, what you expect of me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, I mean, I think that, you know, what you're sharing right there is so important for, for leaders everywhere, because sometimes it's just all about getting clarification about right. what, what you say, you know, tell me what you're saying, because I'm not sure that I understand and it's okay to not understand. I think if I'm not, I'm not, um, misunderstanding, I think, I think we had, a, I think you and I had a conversation about a situation mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. had maybe in, you know, in, in combat one time when you, you know, you, there was a miscommunication or maybe a misunderstanding or something like that. And am I, am I on track? No, yeah, yeah, that's right. I, so there was a. So I do a remember. <laughs> there was a special operations team on the ground, um, taking fire from the enemy. Yeah. I think it was Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and there's different pro words. So for the listeners who don't know what a pro word is, it's you know a single word that says a whole sentence so everyone knows. So yeah. if I say visual, uh-huh. uh, that means I have eyes on friendly location. Uh-huh. As opposed to tally means I have eyes on the enemy location. Okay. And during this um, instance, the special forces team was trying to talk an aircraft onto a target and they were on their inbound run to engage. And the guy on the ground said, Hey, confirm that you have um, the friendly location inside as well. And he said, mm-hmm. tally, um, which is, the wrong wrong word and it wrong threw word, yeah. it was, you know immediately knock it off ceasefire like we, 
That is the number one thing as a pilot, <clears throat> avoiding fratricide. We have to yeah. make sure we absolutely know where the friendlies are and where the enemy is in relation to that. So yeah, communication is is huge. It's so it is so huge, and I think that that illustrates such a great point about not, in communication about really checking for understanding and getting clarification. Because I think as as leaders, we have to be able to make sure that we are very clear and um, getting clear on expectations, getting clear yeah. on understanding. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you shared that. And I'm, I'm glad I remembered that because I thought, I think that that's really, um, such an important component of, of, of leadership communication and, and, and really our own, um, ability to, to communicate. Well, you, you shared something, Randy, too, about the after action review. And, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious about that because, one of the things that I've been doing in my own um, growth journey is taking a, every week I take take a look at my week and I do kind of like an after action review. It's actually part of um, the full focus planner. And, um, you know, I, I, I ask myself questions. Hey, what worked? Uh, what mm-hmm. didn't work? What uh, what should I start doing? What, what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to keep doing? And in that review process, that helps me to kind of think out um, what has happened over the week and then helps me to plan into the next week. And I think that taking that um, process from, you know, the military and for what you guys did, um, you know, has helped me in my own growth journey as well. So I, I guess I'm curious, you know, how how easy was it for you to have, like, for example, um, you know, uh, a, 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 an, an officer who might be above you or ranking a higher than you mm. in that room and, and talking through some of these things, was that, you know, like, how did you, how did you manage that? You know, as far as like an AAR after a mission? Yeah. Yeah. After a yeah, mission. So yeah. So we try to be really good about that. Right. Cause you might be flying with your battalion commander. Sure. So yeah. in the AAR, you kind of have to have that mentality, especially as a high ranking officer that, you know, get your ego in check because yeah. just because you're a colonel doesn't mean you can't screw up and right. <laughs> you should be called out on it on the AAR because that's how sure. we all learn. And that's how, especially aviation, we learn from past mistakes. That way there's not a another catastrophic mm-hmm. um, failure or incidents in, in aviation because, you know, it's a dangerous, can be dangerous. Yeah, so we, sure. we need to learn from from what we did and yeah so kind of ego in check no matter uh, how experienced you are (laughs) uh yeah and i and i told i would tell my guys you know as i grew in my career i was an instructor pilot so ended up taking over a company in afghanistan as the uh company sp which is the Mm -hmm. standardization pilot so in charge of the company's training and i would have two or three other instructor pilots under me um, okay. And we'd go out and do a mission. That's I'd be the first one to say, "Hey, I screwed this up. I could have done done this a lot better." So mm. definitely have to have your ego in check for for an AAR to actually work. You know, you can yeah. you can fluff it and build each other up, but you know that that kind of defeats the purpose. I was going to say you that doesn't help from... anybody, does it? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and 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 I think too, if I'm if, if what I'm hearing is correct, I mean, I mean, really, everything is about the mission too. It's like, well, how did we how do we do in accomplishing our mission? Did I mean, 
there's something to be said about, yes, we accomplished the mission, but maybe along the way we made some mistakes and it could have been more yeah. efficient along the way. And I think that Absolutely. any business leader, even kind of listening in and thinking about this, it, I mean, I think it's a great practice for, for everyone to be able to refocus on, yes, not just the mission, but the, the process and progress along the way in yeah. getting to the mission, right? Right. How do we get better yeah. accomplishing that mission or more efficient? And yeah. going back a little bit, what talking about communication and clarity, it's so important as leaders that we're clear about what every everyone's role is, right? Because, uh, yes. you know, in the military, some of these missions can be quite complex. Mm -hmm. So after a briefing, you know, you want to ask the the junior guy, the lowest ranking guy, hey, you know, at this at this point in time, what are we supposed to be doing? Where are we supposed to be? That way, you make sure everyone along the way um, is clear on their on their role and how it affects affects the bigger picture. You know, a lot of times as leaders, right. we we got to communicate the why, not just hey, I need this done. Yeah. Um, people are more they're going to want to work harder and complete that task if they know the why behind it. Hey, I, I need to do this. It seems like a minuscule task, but this task needs to be done. So this can be done and this can be done. So it falls in line with the whole process. Yeah, you know, Randy, that's such a good point about um, checking for understanding because as a leader, sometimes we think that we are communicating one thing and we're speaking one thing, we're sharing what the mission is and how mm -hmm. we want you know it to be completed. But if we don't check for understanding, and we could be we could be missing an opportunity here for for clarity. So I think you you brought up a really good important and an important point where we need to ask, you know, say, hey, what are we what are we doing here? So on, right. you know, on this particular project, what are we doing? And and at this point, what do we need to be thinking about? Just getting that clarification is uh, something that in communication, I think is is super important. And I know in, in your world, it's it's critical, right? It's critical. Yeah, absolutely. And we have a saying that, mean what you say, say what you mean. Um, yeah. If you say, hey, there's a, if we're flying in an aircraft and you say, hey, there's a bird over there at two o'clock. Yeah. Well, sometimes people refly, um, refer to aircraft as a bird, like, hey, right. look at that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So a bird to me is, you know, has feathers and wings right. as opposed to an aircraft. And one's going to do a lot more damage if we hit it than the other. So <laughs> exactly and that. So that yeah. check on learning or making sure that people understand what we're doing is, is super important because we may think we're communicating clearly. Yeah. Uh, but the way we say things sometimes might come off wrong. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that for, for those of you who are listening and and, and, and hearing what Randy's saying as as a leader, I think this is a really important important point. And so I would just kind of even take a note, make take a mental note that even though I'm communicating one thing, being able to check for understanding and, and ask for clarification or ask uh, you know for understanding, that's such an important part of communication. So I don't want I don't want our listeners to miss that because I know that we have a, a number of emerging and growing leaders who who watch and and listen um, to the podcast. And so I want to make sure that we, we we really bring that out because I think it's an important uh, component, not only just of, of of leadership, but it's also a part of our our own growth journey as well in, as a communicator. Yeah, it's super important. I like the way you, I actually wrote that down as well. I like the way you phrased that, check for understanding. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's, it's something that um, every leader needs to do because sometimes, you know, I, I know that as a, as a dad, I know you're a dad, and uh, so oftentimes I will say things once and think that my kids have gotten it or, or got it. And that's not true at all. And then I ended up repeating myself more and more than once. And I could have used this lesson (laughs) as I had growing kids. Uh, And and so many of my leadership uh, lessons I learned from my kids as well. So uh, that's another whole topic. But uh, well, talk talk a little bit about about the transition. So you've transitioned. I I know you're out of the military now, but you're still a pilot. Mm -hmm. And I'd love for you to, you know, talk about, um, some of the things that, you know, led you to, you know, still, still being in, uh, the pilot world. I know you're a medevac uh, pilot, but then you also, um, started a company and then also are part of a nonprofit or started a, a local chapter of a nonprofit. So, um, let's go with the company first, uh, mission overwatch. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that, you know, that, that, that organization. Yeah. So fortunately as a civilian medevac pilot, um, my schedule is pretty cool where I work, uh, seven days on and seven days off. Uh, yeah, my seven cool. on is, is pretty busy. I get in 84 hours, uh, yeah, wow. seven, 12 hour days, but then I have a week off. And so about two years ago, I started a company called Mission Overwatch. And again, it, it's pulling from my military experience. Yeah. Uh, we were seeing a turbulent time in our country. Uh, there are riots, um, a lot of un- you know civil unrest, a lot going on. And a lot of people were seeking training. They were looking for, you know, firearms training. They were looking for, you know, first aid, active shooter training, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there was never a a focus on uh, deterrence or avoidance. So I started Mission Overwatch and I teach a situational awareness uh, threat Mm -hmm. detection class. And that's really what situational awareness is. It's recognizing things or being able to recognize possibly a threat you know, before it happens. And that could, it's not always uh, a person with a gun around lurking around a corner, right? It can, yeah. it can be anything. It helps us in so many different ways in our life every day. It can be applied everywhere. I, I, and I'm curious, I, I don't know that we've ever talked about this, but I mean, could, could that also be, um, uh, you know, in, in, in different situations, like even as we're driving, you know, things like oh, that, absolutely. where you're, okay. All right. I, absolutely. I wasn't sure, like, like, have you ever been at a stop sign and it's like a four-way stop and you look over and you see this car coming and you're like, me ain't going to stop. Yeah, right? stop I know, that's yeah. just situational awareness, like looking yeah. before, you know, before we pull out, um, mm-hmm. observing what's in our environment. If you've ever been in a restaurant mm-hmm. and you hear that, you know, hear that door swing open, like just, just pick up your head and look because some, yeah. someone new has entered your environment. So just, just be aware of what's going on around you. Yeah. I think I think you used a word and 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 I know you used it as in 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 terms of situational awareness but I think that also situational awareness includes you know ourselves being aware of ourselves and our own um you know our own um uh 
awareness of, 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 of people around us, of situations mm-hmm. around us, of, of things going on that maybe uh, like we don't normally pick up, but, but being a little bit more heightened in our awareness, I think is, is, is important as leaders to be able to, you know, even understand our people like, you know, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, Jim isn't working, you know, isn't working so um, diligently today, or he's, you know, he seems a little bit yeah. off, you know, and, and understanding that. 100%. So, yeah. 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 So everyone, we can set baselines for, for pretty much everything, right? We have a baseline yeah. when we drive on the road, we expect people mm-hmm. to be on the right side of the road to generally follow the speed limit, stop at <laughs> stop signs, that kind of thing. Same thing with people. We have people that are maybe strong performers, really hard workers. Mm-hmm. So if we know that, we should be able to recognize when something's going on. Now that yeah. all of a sudden this guy's showing up late for work. Um, sure. You know, his work is sloppy, whatever the case may be. And it, yeah. so using that situational awareness, just to know your people, um, mm-hmm. you know, pull them aside. Hey, what's going on? Is there any, you know, maybe he's got something going on with his family yeah. life. He needs a couple of days off and yeah, you know, it'd be simple as that to fix it. Yeah, I, I love that. So I, I love how that kind of translates into, you know, our, our, our businesses, our work world, in, in really everything that, that we're doing. Situational awareness, I think, is, is you know, super important. And, and, and I know that, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, you're, you do this with your wife as well, right? Yeah, yeah, she's involved as well. She was actually a, a Blackhawk pilot in the Army. Oh, so. I love it. Pulling from that military experience as well. Yeah, it's super cool. It's fun, fun to do some classes together, especially I get a lot of women in the class. Yeah, sure. In these classes, um, they're really interested in, you know, self-defense and sure situational awareness. And, you know, that situational awareness is your first line of self-defense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a criminal wants an easy target. Um, yeah. So if you're aware and you're head up, you're not looking at your phone and you see someone lurking in between cars, you know, 50 yards away, then the gig's up. You're no longer an easy target. You're not being caught off guard or by surprise. And you've just bought yourself a ton of time to, to decide what to do and react to that possible threat. So coming from a woman's perspective is is really cool to have her chime in, you know, during the class. And we also, we both do jujitsu. So for her to, speak at from a woman's point of view for the self-defense aspect is really cool too yeah that's 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 great so i got i'm i'm curious so i i have a friend of mine who she she does jujitsu with her husband mm-hmm. as well do you guys do you yep. guys grapple together we do we do oh, we actually have a, like a 12 by 12 wrestling mat down in the basement so oh, sometimes it gets a little crazy <laughs> i'll bet it does oh my gosh that's great yeah so i've got a good friend who's been on the podcast alex persklov um she and her husband adam uh are into jujitsu and um they they do grappling together and every once yep. in a while she'll throw that up on her social media i love that <laughs> oh yeah so. that's awesome i actually started it uh something i'd always wanted to do and never really had time yeah. with the military uh-huh. Uh, so I started it and then we're like, we need to get the kids into it. And then, sure. so the kids would come home and start wrestling her and she's like, Oh no, this, this can't happen. This so can't she happen. got into it. Gotta... Now she, like, she really, um, she loves it. Like, this is, this is her thing. She's, you know, past year or so, like I come to yeah. class here and there when I can, but she's, uh, every day I'm like super proud of her. She actually just, uh, this past weekend 
got her purple belt. So. Oh, right on, man. That is awesome. Wow. Congratulations yeah, she's, she's, to her. She's that's, full in. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Well, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, situational awareness and, and, and kind of keeping our head up. And I, you know, to, to me, I, I was thinking as, as you were sharing that, one of the things I think leaders have to be able to do is, and this is more metaphoric, but it's kind of keeping their head up in terms of what's going on with their their business, with their people, being able to, you, you talked about having a baseline. And so mm-hmm. I think that too often times we get into this um, just working on the tasks and, you know, in, 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 in um, serving the mission, but we have to kind of raise our heads up and be able to look around a little bit and step back sometimes to be able to assess what is right. really going on. And I know we talked about the, you know, the people aspect and, and really seeing a baseline from our people and what might be happening there. Um, but I think this uh, really applies to businesses and, and leaders everywhere when we're not paying attention to the things that we need to pay attention to. Yeah, hundred percent. I think as like one of the best qualities as a leader is to be able to see the big picture, yes. not getting bogged down with the details, so that you're so in the weeds that you you don't see everything else coming. Yeah. You need to be able to step back and you know not be emotional, not make emotional decisions. Right, just be able to step back and and see the whole picture, see what's going on, and not be so bogged down yeah. with all the details that you're missing the the big picture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, t- tell us too a little bit about. So I know you you, you started this that business, um, uh, Mission Overwatch, and and for those of you who uh, maybe uh, are driving right now, we'll have the um, the website in our show notes. Uh, it's simply missionoverwatch.com. And uh, we'll make sure that that's in the show notes so you can go grab that and check that out because uh, especially if you're mm-hmm. in the uh, Western Pennsylvania area, I know that mm-hmm. um, you, and if you want uh, some more information on that, you can go go grab it there. But but talk a little bit too about the nonprofit. This is really, I think when yeah. we were talking over coffee, um, this really grabbed my heart, you know, being a father of a, of a military uh, person. My son was in the military and I really appreciated um, what this this nonprofit is, is really all about. So t- tell us a little bit about Creek and Timber Legacy. Okay, yeah, this is my this is my passion right now. This is I'm putting a lot of time into this to grow this. So take you back uh, about a year, well, actually a year ago, a buddy of mine said, "Hey, do you want to go on this snow goose hunt down in Arkansas?" Hmm. And I've grew up as a hunter i'm like yeah that's awesome i've seen this on tv like thousands and thousands of birds coming into decoys i'm like yeah that'd be great i'm like what you know what do i need to do how much he's like no it's it's all taken care of i'm going to put you in touch with the founder of this company called creek and timber legacy they're a nonprofit, and they take veterans on outdoor experiences uh veteran not only veterans veterans first responders Mm. uh kids with special needs terminal illnesses so went on this trip and it was the whole thing was just a first class organization uh, paid for my transportation, you know, kept in touch with me during my travel, you know, leading up to it, got down there, just in a beautiful lodge for us, a fully guided hunt. They took care of all the meals, you know, you know they, they took care of everything. They really took care of the recipients. 
and uh, and I wanted to get involved at that point for a while. My wife and I have been talking. We're so fortunate in our military careers to to come out of the military, um, you know, with all our fingers and toes and all our yes. limbs. And yes. not everyone was so fortunate. A lot of mm-hmm. a lot of veterans gave a lot more. Um, yeah. So to be able to give back to that that community. Um, so my wife and I talked about it, and I talked to the founder all, quite extensively for almost a year. And uh, we ended up opening a chapter of Creek and Timber Legacy here in Pennsylvania. And that. one just opened in Colorado as well at the same time. So oh, cool. yeah, it, we're a nonprofit for veterans and first responders. We take them out on outdoor experiences, typically hunting and fishing trips. Cool. So it was actually this past fall, the Marine Corps' birthday is when we officially launched the Pennsylvania Division. Love and actually it. just last week, we did our first first outing really? in Central PA. We took uh, four veterans on a snow goose hunt in Central oh, PA. So, how cool is that? Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's 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 amazing, Randy. Well, so so how do how do people get involved um, with you, with you with the chapter and you know maybe they have maybe they know uh, you know a veteran or maybe they you know really appreciate getting veterans out into you know back into nature and to help them to really be able to connect with other veterans. Um, mm-hmm. how, how do they get involved? So there's a million ways to get involved, really. <laughs> First off, go to our website, creekandtimberlegacy.org. Um, you can sign up there for our newsletter. You can sign up as a volunteer. Um, right at the very top of the website, there's a nominator recipient. So if you know a veteran, first responder, or a child that would benefit from an outdoor experience, you know, get them, mm-hmm. get them signed up, get them on our, put them on our radar, and then we can reach out to them and and see what kind of event going on maybe in their area or we could you know fly them to a location if we need to depending on what their interests are so we try and take that the therapeutic the therapeutics of uh like being in nature you know just kind of very relaxing right and we combine that with the camaraderie of having a bunch of veterans together so it's a big disconnect when you get out of the military you have that especially if you're deployed you know your your buddies on your left and right or your family and then you get out and you don't you don't have that same connection with, uh, you know, with your coworkers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. getting veterans together, it, it's really cool. Um, we start a group chat, you know, before the hunt and everyone kind of introduces themselves and then the, oh, cool. you know, the banter just starts, you know, there were sure. a bunch yeah. of army guys and an air force guy and a Navy guy. So, you know, we're just picking on each other and I'm it's sure. really cool to see everyone shows up for, for the event at the lodge and then, you know, it's typical military, like we just, everyone just picks up like they know each other. That's really um, cool. And, yeah. you know, it's been a week since the hunt. And just last night I picked up my phone and there were 41 messages <laughs> and it was the group that went hunting that, you know, they're still bantering back and forth. So, yeah, that's um, great. you know, developing new relationships and, mm-hmm. and that camaraderie, it's, that's has a real healing that... effect for a lot of people. Yeah, Randy, I think that's so that's the thing that I think when I when I, you know, heard about it, it that really drew me to it because I know from my experience with my son that getting out of the military, you lose that, you know, that that brotherhood and that, you know, that closeness, that camaraderie yeah. um you know, when you when you leave and and I think that's one of the things that 
that a lot of guys and, and gals miss. And so being able to get out into nature and to, you know, yes, be, be, a, um, you know, participating in either hunting or fishing or just getting outside, getting outside, but also yeah. that camaraderie. I think that that's something that really helps veterans. And I think you said it best to be able to, that healing, you know, helps to, to, to heal just being around other veterans because they get it, you know, you each get yeah. it. Yeah. And if they feel like they can open up and talk about things, you know, we've had guys say, Hey, you know, I've, I just told you that story. I just met you, but I've had that on my chest for 10 years. Like yeah. it felt really good to just talk and, and get that off my chest. Cause right. you know, you have that connection where you've been through, been through things together, not even together, but you've had these experiences and you know, they're comfortable talking, opening up and talking about, about that where they wouldn't be with other people. So. Yeah, right, right. Well, I I, I love that. Um, you know, I, I love what you're doing, and I I love the fact that you're you're bringing veterans together and giving them some things that um, will help them to transition, to recover, and really um, um, just you know be be together. And and so, mm-hmm. and I know that. There are a number of different people who are listening to the podcast who are thinking, you know, hey, how can I get involved? Maybe, maybe I know somebody that I could nominate. But more importantly, um, because this is a nonprofit, it's really about you know raising funds so that we can provide people uh, or, or, or funds to to yeah. bring people to these kinds of events, right? Right. So funding is obviously huge for us. Um, we have our first big fundraiser coming up in may may 22nd we have a golf outing here in western pennsylvania at the seven oaks golf course um but if people want to get there's so much more than just funding um yeah sure we need help with our website we need help with social media sure if you're good at writing grants or you know know how to find grants um we need all that kind of stuff so really if if you are interested in in helping veterans and first responders you know please just contact us get on the website, reach out to us and, you know, we can find a way for you to help. I love that. And just to remind everybody, the website is www.creekandtimberlegacy.org. So it's all, all, all spelled out creekandtimberlegacy.org. I'll make sure that that's in the show notes as well. But, um, but yeah, I I just want to invite our, our listeners to be able to, you know, jump on the website, um, and, and, and do what you can. I mean, you know, sometimes it's the littlest things, you know, there may be somebody listening who says, Hey, I I've got a, you know, I've got skills at, at, at creating websites or I've yeah. got skills at, um, you know, wh- whatever. Um, and maybe it's, you know, connecting with people to bring them to the golf outing, uh, whatever it might be. I just fundraising. Encourage... Fundraising yeah, is a big fundraising. one too. Yeah, if you have absolutely. ideas for fundraising. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Absolutely. Well, uh, Randy, thank you so much for, for sharing your journey. And, and really, I, I love um, being able to you know, highlight people like you who have uh, really a heart for people that are you know, veterans and, and really uh, growth as well. And, and I really appreciate you, know, you being able to, to be here and share your story. Uh, Randy, is there, you know, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you wanted to make sure that you shared with listeners today Maybe that I haven't asked you or, or, you know, just, you know, it popped up in your mind as we were talking. Um, I think it's important that we continue to challenge ourselves um, yeah. by challenging ourselves. You know, it it builds resiliency. 
and that yes. helps us helps us deal with situations you can relate that to your job something goes wrong with your job and you know you don't get stressed out and lose your mind you can step back and look at it and say okay you know how do i solve this problem um situational awareness you know the fbi statistics say that the average person has one significant event in their life uh, mm-hmm. and most likely it's going to be a car accident right we sure. we drive everywhere or it might not even be us involved in it but um we might roll up onto an accident. So yeah. the more you challenge yourself and you build resiliency, you're able to deal with those stressful situations as well. Yeah. And the number one thing we can do to build resiliency, right, is is physical exercise, actually, right? Our mind yes. tries yes. to tell yes. us to stop, but our body's got, got a lot more. And just yeah. exercising every morning, if you push through that mental barrier of your mind's trying to tell you to stop, but you know, you can run faster and harder for another, you know, mile, half mile, whatever it is. That's right. And you break that mental barrier and you build some resiliency and then you just, you just build on it, you know, mm. get outside your comfort zone, challenge yourself and, and grow from it. You are singing my song, my friend. You are singing my song. I love that, man. Uh, not only about, you know, just getting physical exercise because you're, you're so right. I mean, that, that builds our resiliency and it builds our ability to kind of push through the barriers that we put up in our own mind. And I, I know that I talk with leaders um, a lot about, especially, matter of fact, if any of our emerging leaders are, are listening right now, you know, Randy just said the word comfort zone, you know, we got to get outside of our comfort zone. And that does build our resiliency. No, it's not fun. And you know, working out is not fun. But it 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 does help us to be able to handle situations that um, that come our way that challenge us. And so we have to be able to rise to the challenge. And when, when we can get outside of our comfort zone and learn to do that on a regular basis, that does help us to rise to those challenge challenges. Yeah, absolutely. And throwing back to the jujitsu, yeah. we just had a seminar this past weekend. Um, there is a lady who joined our gym. She is in her sixties. So oh my gosh, I, I, I just that. think that is, is so awesome. cool that you know, yeah. a woman in her sixties joined, you know, a jujitsu gym, you know, there's tons of, well, we have a great atmosphere. You know, we're not going to go, yeah. cru- you know, crush a, a 60 year old. not going to choke out a 60 year old. Know, woman, right. right. A new person. But <laughs> talk about getting out of your comfort zone, being in your sixties, yeah. joining jujitsu. And, you know, it, it's, it's a crazy. really cool sport um, to, yeah. to challenge yourself. Okay. Get outside of your, your comfort zone, especially if you think self-defense, you know, right. if you've never had a, a grown man, you know, in mount or laying on your chest, like, yeah. you know, this close to you, it's if you've never been in a fight like that, it's it's yeah, it can be intimidating, yeah. right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, Randy, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for sharing your journey. I uh, really appreciate you and I appreciate your service to our country and, and your wife's as well. Um, thank you so much. And I think that, you know, the things that you're sharing here, not only about mission overwatch and, and really being able to have that situational awareness that there's, there's so much to even unpack there that uh, I really appreciate. Uh, but also really what you're doing with uh, Creek and Timber Legacy. Really appreciate um, what you're doing there for, for veterans. And so I just want to encourage people who are listening to to get involved somehow um, and be able to uh, reach out to you. Uh, we'll put your, your email address as well um, on, on the show notes and uh, people can, can reach out to you. Uh, any final words, Randy? Any, anything you want no, to leave just, people with? 
Uh, just thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. I appreciate you uh, spreading this message. You know, we're we're talking some leadership qualities and things yeah. like that, but you're also really helping me out uh, by by pushing this Creek and Timber legacy. It's uh, you know, this is something I'd really want to. As an organization, you know, we have a place in Texas, uh, Pennsylvania, and Colorado, and we want to continue to to grow and expand so we can reach more veterans all over the country. That's awesome. So that's another way that people could get involved. So if you're listening and you maybe, you know, this really resonated with you, hey, you know, contact Randy and he can get you in touch with the people to be able to maybe even open a chapter in in uh, in your part of the yeah. country. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll get you out on a on an experience, a hunt or a fishing trip and let you be the recipient and you know, see how beneficial it is firsthand and then firsthand. Uh, get involved and that's how we get a lot of our our volunteers um these four guys that we took on our last trip they're all have gone to the website already and like hey how can we help we're going to do this next year so that's really cool to see Love that. Love that. Well, Randy, thanks again. Um, and, and for those of you who are watching or, or listening, um, thank you for, for listening once again. Uh, do me a favor. Um, you know, reply back to me. Let me know that um, you, you, you really uh, appreciated uh, Randy. And, and I'll, I can share that with Randy or, or reach out to him and let him know. Um, really, you know, your, your appreciation for his, his service to the country and also uh, what he's doing to help veterans. And also let us know, you know, what are some of the things that you took away from this conversation? What are, you know, maybe it's something about situational awareness. Maybe it's something about, you know, your, your own awareness and Maybe it's also just about getting outside of your own comfort zone so that you can build that resiliency. Or maybe it's, you know, hey, I'm going to go join a jujitsu gym. There you go. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever it might be. I uh, just want to encourage you to, to feed that back to us because oftentimes with the podcast, it's so hard uh, because it's only a, a one-way or a two-way conversation uh, to yeah. you. So come on, uh, let us know what's what's been impactful for you and we'd really appreciate it. Do me also a favor, go out, subscribe, uh, hit subscribe uh, and, and give us a rating and a review. We'd really appreciate it. It helps us to be able to share the message of of growth and, 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 and being able to share great conversations like we had today with Randy. So uh, thanks again for listening and until next time, be well, my friends. Thank you.